Hi there, this is Ryan File from the Mail Tribune, and you're listening to The Insider. If this is your first time here, welcome. The format is pretty simple. I see a story of ours that took much more effort to report, research, interview, and write than the usual daily grind pieces, and I talked to the writer about that to get a behind-the-scenes look at how they pulled it all together. Today's a little different in that I actually have two guests, Mail Tribune education reporter Kaylee Ternay and city editor Justin Umberson. We'll be talking about Kaylee's recent Sunday story, A Matter of Principle, which was a months-long investigation into the current, quote, toxic culture at Prospect Charter School in Northeast Jackson County, and how Principal Brian Purnell is, by the accounts of people we talked to, at the center of it all. Kaylee spoke to several current and former students and staff at the school, and to quote Kaylee's story, they claim Purnell's leadership has been marked by unresolved harassment complaints, favoritism, and targeting. In May 2018, the Prospect Teachers Union outlined 24 concerns about Purnell to Superintendent Doug Jancy, saying some staff members described the environment as, quote, toxic. Welcome to both of you. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having us. Bet. My first question is for Kaylee, and it's the most obvious one. So take me back to the beginning. Um, How did this months-long reporting project start? I actually got a tip from a teacher that I had um, a bit of a source relationship with at the school, and um, totally was one of those situations where it just fell into my lap. He reached out to me saying, I have all these things that I'm seeing in my own classroom, and I'm hearing from teachers, and here it is. So he sent me a boatload of information to begin with. So there was immediately a lot to sort through. Hmm. What kind of, like when you say boatload of information, what do you mean? He, um, the teacher reached out to me in the fall with, um, with varying accounts of different incidents that he had either witnessed, um, directly how the principal had handled, um, certain student discipline situations or um, that he'd heard about from students coming to him and um, you know it was immediately one of those situations where I could tell some of it was would be newsworthy and then others would be kind of difficult to substantiate so that was sort of the beginning of that process right away I was having to sort through what would be um, relevant enough for a news article and what is um, sort of you know the workplace difficulties that most of us experience. Sure. You um, started this story off with a disturbing anecdote, uh, to say the least, involving a 15-year-old girl who told an account of when she was harassed by uh, Prospect Charter School baseball players who solicited her for nude pictures and how she originally was going to report these kids. But then she decided not to the next day because she was afraid of uh, telling Brian Purnell because he wouldn't do anything about it. And you kind of touched on this just now. That's a pretty lofty allegation to make. How did you vet and weigh the accounts that came to you and sort through the ones that were legitimate and the ones that were kind of just, you know, day-to-day difficulties, wrongly interpreted, stuff like that? That was an immediate challenge because I had heard about um, very early in the process. I didn't actually speak with this student until later on in my reporting, after I'd been reporting the story for a couple of months, but I had heard about the incident involving her. And I um, I think the bigger thing was real, um, when, the, when this teacher had reached out to me initially, um, he described that, cul- that as a culture of, of, of silence, of um, of students, multiple students, many female students that he encountered on a day-to-day basis who had experienced 
things similar to this or had hurt or their friends had that there was a general sort of pervasive feeling like if they took their stories to administration that would not be a good thing for them that they would be Hmm. um targeted blamed somewhat for what happened and that is a difficult thing to substantiate um because it's sort of just a, a feeling but it does matter in instances where a student is hesitant to um, report a situation to an adult in her school because she worries that the backlash is going to come back on her. So, um, so I think, you know, the idea that intrigued me from the beginning that this teacher had told me about was the idea that um, that many people feel this way in the school. So such to the extent that they're not going to report their incidents um, and or they don't want their names to be attached to what happened to them. And then it was a matter of talking to enough people to get a sense of, is that really true or not? So that's why I spoke to so many students. And, um, you know, and, and when I spoke with the 15 year old involved with this incident, she's now 16, but she was 15 at the time. When I spoke with her, she, you know, I just asked her, what to walk me through that process and you know when people independently kind of confirm this is how I was feeling at the time without me telling them here's what other people have told me they were feeling that for me is what Mm -hmm. substantiates because I don't feed people here's what everyone's been saying to me what's your response I say tell me what you were feeling and it's amazing how independently so many people's accounts would line up of this situation or other situations mentioned in the story. When did you know this was a big story? And Justin, we can start with you. Well, um, I, I came in after Kaylee had um, been working on this for about a month already. So I, she had already been gathering news and um, information from her source for a while. And um, so my first week on the job, she tells me, all about um, what was going on at Prospect, and uh, and uh, to me, what really struck stood out to me was that the teacher he he didn't he knew his job was to report it, but um, he didn't want to report it to his boss because he knew nothing would be done. He he knew the only way that uh, these things were going to be addressed was he went around them or above them, and uh, and so uh, after that we had to verify their claims but um he it, it's a big deal that something's going on and uh, he didn't feel like um he could just go to his boss and make an internal thing he had to go above that mm-hmm. what about you i think for me it wasn't so much that i thought of it as a big story because um when the teacher reached out to me in the fall. I knew it was serious from the beginning, but, and then my beginning, my initial conversations were mostly with other adults, other teachers, um, looking for records of what had happened in school board meeting minutes. It was all the adults talking. But for me, what was immediately clear was that I would need to get student perspective. If this is about how students feel and how students' education is being impacted by what these teachers are telling me about, I knew that I didn't want to tell a story unless I could talk to students, unless I could hear from the mouths of students what they're experiencing, what they're feeling. It's not was never going to be enough for me that their teachers were saying, here's what our students are feeling and here's what they're saying. 
you know, I was very strongly convicted that these students should have their own voice, that, that, that they needed to be in the story. So I think it was more of a point when once students started to reach out to me wanting to share their stories and they would tell their friends that I was here to listen to them and to just hear what they had to say. Um, I think that was when it really began to come together for me that this story would actually happen because I knew that it was never going to become a super clear story. It's a lot of rumors. It's a lot of hearsay. It's a lot of, um, you know, feelings and perceptions more than we're able to actually know how exactly was this discipline and what exactly happened after that. But I didn't want, yeah, I think it was more that I knew I had a moment in January when, when students and I were really beginning to connect and have honest conversation that the story would actually be able to happen. Because without that, I don't think it would have been right to try to tell the story without those student voices. Wouldn't have nearly been as impactful either. So, um, and this is again, uh, something for both of you, uh, obviously something you spend four plus months on is going to come with its share of challenges. And so as an editor and a reporter working in tandem, what were some of the bigger hurdles you had to overcome with this? I think the the biggest hurdle we had to um, really sift through is um, doing our due diligence because like you hear these claims and, and it's easy to be outraged. Um, but uh, you, you really have to sift through every piece of information you get. Um, you know, we had emails and text messages we were going through, um, and and uh, but that doesn't that, that doesn't really tell the story. You really have to um, interpret it from from an outsider and uh, really you know dig into every little piece of information. And there's so much of it to go through. Um, you know, uh, with uh, the, um, the complaint filed by the the teachers. And even um, trying to tell the story of the the principal from his perspective, um, I think the uh, the really hardest part was, um, you know, just um, making sure everyone had their voice in it, and uh, we did everything we could to make sure that every, that voices were included. Yeah, yeah, I'd kind of echo that. I think um, sort of going back to what I was saying initially, when people would tell me things that they had heard that just sound really um, offensive or outrageous when they tell you, you know, like, I can't believe that would happen. But then my job as a reporter is to say, well, I don't know. I don't know that that happened. So what is the evidence that this person can bring to show me that this really happened the way that they said? And then what is the, what, how do I ask you know, the principal or the superintendent or someone from the school board, what's your perspective on this account? And um, learning which things to were actually had a shot of making it in the story, which things I actually had a shot of, any shot of substantiating in any real way was was a challenge because everyone would come and sometimes their stories would be really similar, but they'd have one or two details that would be changed. And suddenly I'd have to say, okay, is can I find out what really happened? And if not, I have to set it aside and it's not relevant to the story. So even as long as the story was, there were so many more personal experiences and things that people told me about that I just had to set aside because I knew there was not a way that I could really give the principal or the superintendent a chance to respond to them. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, you know, you guys are talking about verifying information and getting getting pieces of information. Um, based on what I know, it sounds like the info the school board gave you was extremely limited. Uh, so I was hoping to get a little more clarification on that. What what happened there? Because I think this is a key piece to the behind the scenes stuff on this story. Maybe you know the key piece. Well, I think there's definitely an impression with investigations where, um, especially if you're kind of in one camp or another, or you see something written about someone that you have a relationship with or you know, and you're like, they never do anything like that. I think there's an idea, or you are the person who says, who has something like that said about you, where we're just going to run with any claim that we hear and just say, because this person seems sympathetic, their story is the right one and the real one, and that's all the truth and evidence that we need. But I, I really hope that people understand that journalists, you know, of integrity, we, we don't do that. And we don't, we don't run with every piece of information that someone gives us. So, you know, um, the principal, the superintendent, and um, the school board, to some extent, all... Uh, really refused to work with us in a, in a really flexible way at all. Um, you know, I started reaching out to all of them in the beginning of January or mid-January-ish and, you know, gave them weeks and multiple chances to have the same kind of open, honest dialogue that I was having with the other people, the people who were saying, here's what is happening to me at my school. And, um we were, I was turned down every time. Um, emails went unresponded to. I offered to meet with the superintendent and he told me that he could meet with me and the board chair could meet with me on a day. And I was in prospect that day and tried multiple times to get a hold of him and set up a time and he just didn't show up that day, but never told me. And, um, and, and then what the board ended up doing instead was pivoting to an executive session, which is what public bodies like a school board or a city council or something do to retire into a private, almost private sort of public meeting. Uh, the public can be excluded from executive session. Um, when you're a member of the news media, you can attend. Some of them we can't even attend if the content is something that we're not like allowed to be barred from, like labor, labor negotiations. Yeah. yeah, but for most executive sessions, we're allowed to be there, but they direct us not to report. It's basically an off-the-record public meeting. And um, our understanding is that that's not an appropriate use of public meetings to try to get a reporter to say what you want to say to a reporter and that being the main purpose. I never heard directly from the school board that that was the purpose of the meeting, but from the principal, from other members of the community who've reached out since or had comments since they've seen the story, they seem to be under the impression that that was an appropriate way to try to have an interview with me. But um, because the drive to prospect is an hour each way and it'd be an off the record meeting that I couldn't report anything that was said there. And, you know, there's there's reasons why they can call only certain reasons why they can call an executive session to discuss litigation. Uh, the reasons that they gave me for calling the executive session was to discuss current or pending litigation or to discuss records considered exempt from public disclosure under Oregon law, which is a super general kind of thing. You know, if they by law, if those public officials go off any of those topics during the executive session, then I can report on it. But it's very difficult for me in that situation to know what they're trying to say. Oh, this is relevant to 
litigation that might be filed. Well, how am I supposed to know that? Especially because I check every single day in the courts and there's no litigation that's been filed the entire time that I've been checking and I've been checking for weeks. So we made the decision together, you know, Justin and I discussed it and we discussed it with our editor, Kathy, whether or not that was a, a, a worthwhile use of time. And I expressed to them well in advance that I was not going to be at that meeting for those reasons. And we offered off the record interviews with them to give them a chance to to talk to us. And, and everything was declined almost categorically, except for this 118 word statement that the board issued, which basically said, here is the policy that deals with this. And the staff did not file follow policy. And that's the main gist. And if a complaint is filed, then we'll handle it according to our policy was the gist of the, the statement. So, you know, we really did our best to try to give every one of these public officials a chance to be human, as human as, as everyone else is in the story. Um, but we can't control at the end of the day whether or not someone talks to us. And there were other people who initially reached out to me, students who reached out to me and said, I want to talk, but it never came through for them. And so I left them alone too, you know, like it just, you never know how it's going to go and we can't control all of that. Sure. And that's frustrating to, uh, to have given them so many chances and then after, after the fact, just re- receive perhaps uh, any negative feedback that just, well, I, I gave you the shot. I gave you multiple shots. Yeah, I reached out to Jancy about seven times um, to respond to things, even general things I get. And I said specifically in an email, I have it written out, like if you, if I ask you a question that wanders into confidential territory, just let me know and we'll move on. But um, that email wasn't, wasn't responded to. They even refused to answer general questions, which is really frustrating. Um, uh, not even dealing with the specific incidents, but uh, what would you do if something like this happened or something? And uh, they didn't have an answer for those either. Um, no, aside from the specific allegations, they just didn't really have any kind of process answers or um, what what his goal is to when something like that arises. It was just nothing. Hmm. Um. We made the decision to not use the names of students in this. And I was hoping you could lay out our policy on source anonymity. When I say our, I mean the Mail Tribunes, uh, when it comes to reporting on why we can't just do it all the time. Because I get, I've been, I've had requests made of me when I've written stories before. Well, can't you just say an anonymous source? And no. So I was hoping you could expand on that as to the reasons why and the the, the rare exception when we would. Well, um, the, the the biggest thing uh, dealing with this situation is that they're they're all children and um, they're also victims of harassment. And so uh, trying to uh, you know save them from any kind of other bullying or targeting that could be associated with that we extended um, trust with them and uh, they had to trust us to. Um, uh, they had to, you know, verify that these things happened. You know, they just couldn't make blanket allegations. They had to offer more proof. And so we had to establish trust together. And so to extend that to them, uh, that, that's how we, we um, gave it in this situation. Um, if you noticed in the, the rest of the article, 
Was it the parents or the, all the teachers who made allegations? Those were all, all those people were named. And so, um, and they were also supposed victims too, but uh, uh, the what really um, came was that the, the biggest issue I think was that they were children and um, they trusted us. And so we had to, to tell their story accurately without um, putting them in a situation where they could be a, a victim again, we had to extend that. Yeah, all the all the adults in the story. I had requests for people from people from adults to be not not be named, to not use their names, and I told them no because unless they were gonna lose their job, I can't I can't offer that. Mm-hmm. The people who didn't talk to you did I mean, obviously the reasons for student anonymity that you just laid that out, but for the people who wouldn't talk to you on the record, did, did any of them give reasons, uh, uh, Purnell included? I mean, confidentiality is something that the, the, the officials do have to navigate. Um, when it comes to talking about student discipline or things of that nature, or like certain staff issues have to be confidential, but um, the issue was that it was used in a really blanket kind of way um, where, you know, I asked questions that would be relevant to the story that would give the principal a chance to explore the superintendent a chance to explain their larger kind of philosophy of how they approach running a school, um, how they approach educating or um things of that nature, which doesn't wander into that territory, but we're also turned away there. So um, confidentiality is definitely something that we um, are sensitive to, but uh, we, tried as our, we tried our best to give reasonable accommodation for them to still have a voice in the story without saying, oh, you know, because it's a specific student incident, they couldn't talk, and that's the only thing we give them a chance to talk about, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, This ran on Sunday. Uh, What has the feedback been like since then? I would say the most common reaction is um, just scanning comment sections, the emails that I've gotten, Facebook messages that I've gotten, is this is not a new problem in Prospect. Um, That is the sense that I got. And I talked to another member of the community while I was up in Prospect last month, and I asked him, if he had heard about problems at the school and yeah, I would say the general, the most common reaction generally is, well, it's just, there've been problems like that here for so long. Um, you know, it was like this here, my experience when I went there and I experienced this and I saw that and I heard this and, um, and that has been the most common thing. Some reactions, um, that to me display a lack of understanding, whether willful or not, um, of our reporting process and the fact that we did reach out to administration so many times to offer them a chance to, to talk. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, people saying that they're glad that students shared their stories and thinking that something really needs to change. So, um, it's kind of been a mixed, a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Here. Okay. Um, and is, do you suppose that there's more coming on this, uh, follow-up wise? Cause I know that, uh, the board's decision about whether to, uh, extend his contract is still in limbo, but I was hoping you could speak to that. 
Yeah, I think the biggest sense that you get when um, when people reach out after a story and say, wait until you hear what I know about this, is that I, we want to keep reporting on it. We want to keep following this and, and um, yeah, just find out more about what's really been, been going on there. So I think that we're definitely hoping to try to continue to report and there's um, news newsworthy kind of things coming up like uh, what whatever the board's decision is going to be with regard to Brian Purnell's contract. Um, and yeah, so there'll definitely be at least that update going forward. Mm-hmm. Justin, one more quick thing for you. Um, you, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you came in, you became city editor of about a month after Kaylee got started on this. Uh, so you really hit the ground running. Um, what was that like to come in, uh, sort of not in the middle of, of the reporting process, but when it was definitely on its way? Right. Um, well, the the biggest thing we, uh, Kaylee and I kind of had to do together was um, just, there was so much information and it was real, The we had so much to do on just um, filtering and uh, trimming them because if if we would have allowed Kaylee to do so, she would have written four pages on <laughs> on the article, and uh, and so really, um, you know, with all the news she gathered, she she did such an ex- exceptional job of um, just reporting it, and and she had already um, the first source she talked to, and you know the the one who really. Uh, put this in, in her lap. Um, she she had already gathered so much information. Like coming in when, after she had already gathered information, she was uh, the the ball was all, all, already rolling. Um, we had to really filter everything she had down because there was so much there. And uh, yeah, we would love to you know tell everyone's story and uh, really pr- present you know the really compelling reporting, but we had to filter it in, in a way that well, one that people would read and um, all the way through. And uh, that was still as uh, impactful as something that would be much larger. And so, uh, but Kaylee, I think Kaylee did uh, so much good work on this and she worked so hard that she just uh, made it easier on everyone around her. And, uh, and hopefully, um, I'm hoping we can get a lot more out of this because I, even though the the board and the principal and the superintendent have really yet to talk to us, I'm I'm hoping we can still sit down with them and talk to them because uh, that's really important to us and whether they choose to or not, that's up to them. But yeah, definitely. Uh, you can read Kaylee's story in full at MailTribune.com. Definitely recommend it if you haven't already, and I'll put a link in the description below. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and listening to the Insider. Bye.